Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Church Madison, a community coming home to Jesus and His Church. For more information about us, visit ChristChurchMadison.com. Uh, yeah, hi uh, again. I, I want to begin uh, just by making some connections with you, if I can, and uh, I want to begin just by thinking about uh, spoiler alerts uh, over here in in the UK. At the end of the news on a, on a Saturday, then in the evening news, they will just say to you, look, if you don't want to know the football results, then leave the room, turn your television down now, leave. Uh, because after the news comes match of the day, uh, where we can all watch uh, the, the matches that happened earlier in the day. And if you don't want to uh, have the results spoiled for you and you want to enjoy the moment and uh, go through the whole pain or joy of the match, then turn away. And if you're listening in, uh, then the whole thing is spoiled for you. Of course, if you're watching a series on the television or, or reading a book, sometimes it's really unhelpful if somebody tells you what is going to happen and who done it, who the murderer was. Uh, those can spoil the whole thing for you. But um, knowing how things end doesn't always spoil things. Uh, I remember, uh, this was a long time ago, reading through the Narnia stories, C.S. Lewis's stories of those children in the other world of Narnia, uh, reading those through with my eldest daughter. Uh, and when we got to the last one, the seventh one, the last battle, uh, they, it, it ends with this remarkable, incredible, wonderful crescendo of the children gathering and going up into C.S. Lewis's depiction, basically, of heaven, up Aslan, the great lion's mountain, the, the Lion King's mountain. Uh, and it is a joyful and a wonderful final chapter to the whole of those seven seven books, actually. Uh, and uh, when we got to the end of that final chapter of that seventh book, uh, I looked across at my daughter as I'd been reading it to her, uh, and uh, she was in floods of tears. She'd just been quietly crying through the whole thing. She found it um, exhilarating and wonderful. Uh, and uh, she just simply looked at me and she said, Dad, can you read the last chapter again? And so I did. She knew how it was going to go. She was uh, knew how it was going to end, but she was just thrilled to read and experience the whole thing again, knowing how it would end. That's one story, one connection I'd like to make with you. Uh, the other is a good friend of mine. He became a Christian, say, three, three or four years ago. He's a very wealthy man. Uh, runs his own business uh, and uh, you know not, not long ago became a Christian, found himself uh, on his knees in the middle of the night in another city uh, with, a, with a street preacher bringing him to, to know Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. Uh, and uh, my friend has, has learnt a lot about his Christian faith. He was facing a lot of difficulties and pressures not long ago uh, and I said to him, I asked him how he was feeling and he said, Tim, I'm OK. Uh, I've read the story. I know how it ends. I've read the book. Jesus wins. Uh, and uh, so knowing how things were going to end and will end ultimately actually impacted the way that he was living and the way that he could deal with the problems and the issues that he coped with. Uh, and um, so, yeah, there's some uh, there's some connections which I hope uh, are, are just will get us our minds thinking uh, about the Bible as we come to engage with it today. Uh, I don't know if you might just be someone who's interested in Christian things and just wondering 
what Christianity is all about, what will keep you going uh, on that journey, keeping on inquiring and finding out more about Christianity. It may be that you're just coming back to Christian things. Maybe you've been through some tough times in life, uh, realised your own failure, maybe through a season of significant loss. Maybe your own church experience in the past has been bad. Well, what, what will keep you going with reconnecting with Christian things and with church again? It may be that you are already living for Jesus, like my friend I told you about a moment ago, uh, and uh, Christian life isn't easy. What will keep you going through tough seasons, through the storms that perhaps lie ahead for you? Uh, what about how you will cope through those moments when there is opposition to your faith? How are you going to keep going? Uh, or it may well be that you're someone and you've just clicked in today and you've, you're just happening to be, to be listening in uh, to this uh, Bible talk, this sermon online from Christchurch Madison. Well, it's actually from Christchurch Central in Sheffield via Christchurch uh, Madison. You may have just clicked in and maybe someone who's just actually not bothered really and something has just kept you listening in just for a few moments here. Uh, what will actually make sure that you begin to think that Christianity and Jesus is worth bothering with, that he is relevant to you? What will change your mind about him? Well, I want to suggest to you it was the, uh, the verse, the final verse of the reading that we had uh, from the book of Acts. It says this, uh, this is how Jesus ascends back into heaven again and two angels appear and they say to the disciples, the disciples of Jesus are gathered there, they're, they're gawping, they're looking into heaven uh, and uh, the, 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 the two angels appear in white robes and they say, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into heaven, gawping? into heaven. This Jesus who is taken from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And you may not have had a gasp uh, a moment ago when that was read and you heard it read, but seriously that is the big spoiler for the whole history of our planet. I uh, just read it there, Acts chapter 1 verse 11, we know how it ends. Uh, the Jesus who ascended into heaven is going to come back again as king and as judge. Just as you've seen him go, he's going to come back. So we know how it ends. Uh, and that will affect actually how we live now uh, in our lives. <clears throat> if Jesus is going to come back, if you think Christianity is irrelevant, if he's coming back uh, and you will one day meet him, that makes him very relevant to your life now, no matter how you might be thinking or how you might be feeling. Uh, and uh, if you're just coming back to Christianity or just engaging with Christianity for the first time, uh, the fact that uh, he is Lord and King, which is what the Ascension is all about, uh, will make him very relevant to you. And I hope will encourage you to keep you to keep you going, actually, in your search. Well, uh, the book of Acts, uh, this the, the beginning of the book of Acts here, uh, begins with the physical ascension of Jesus, which might sound ludicrous and mad. Uh, Acts actually is Luke's second book, uh, and there are, begin there are things at the beginning of his first book which you might think are ludicrous and mad, like the virgin birth of Jesus. That's how he came into the world the first time, through the virgin birth, and his, his mother Mary, and angels appeared then. And you might think, well, you know, here's Luke beginning his second book in his mad way as he begun 
his his uh, his uh, his first book, uh, and uh, well, uh, Luke begins his first book by telling us that he really wants us to understand that these things are history; they really did happen. So let me read from the beginning of Luke. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile the narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. <clears throat> It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely uh, for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things that have been taught. So uh, Luke begins uh, both his books actually by placing them in real history. Uh, and uh, he does that in the, in the birth narratives of Jesus, and he does that in uh, the ascension narratives and the continuation of Jesus' work from heaven in the book of Acts. Uh, and uh, so there are three things that I want to draw out from the ascension, from the book of Acts, uh, which I hope will actually give you, uh, encourage you. The first is confidence. The second one is conformity. We'll come at that in a moment. Uh, sometimes we don't like conforming, uh, but there's uh, conformity here and courage. So confidence conformity and, uh, and courage. And the first thing I want to highlight is to do with, with confidence. We can be confident that Jesus really did ascend to rule in heaven. Like I've just read, uh, Luke wrote at the start of his first book, uh, something that he carries on in his second book, the book of Acts, uh, about having confidence in what he is writing. Uh, and he talks about the reality of history and things that are going on in real time and real people in real places. Uh, he roots these things. Uh, they're not myth, uh, uh, but in real time. Uh, and uh, so come back, in, come back to, uh, to Acts chapter 1. And if you've got a Bible, then seriously, have it open in front of you. It might be on one of these or it might be a real physical thing like this. But have it open in front of you. Make sure that what I'm telling you is really from the Bible rather than uh, off my own top of my own head, uh, as we say here in England. Uh, it's actually in real time. So verse 3 talks about Jesus presenting himself alive to the disciples after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So real time, 40 days between Jesus's resurrection which happened around the Pentecost uh, that's the Jewish Passover uh, and his ascension uh, back, sorry uh, the Passover which is when he he rose from the dead died and rose again and the feast of Pentecost uh, 40 days later when he ascended back to heaven so real time in a real calendar in real events and he speaks about real places as well verse 4 well say, staying with them he ordered them not saying staying with them. He ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which you've heard me say. Uh, John baptized with water, but uh, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit uh, in not many days from now. So he's saying, you know, wait in a real place in Jerusalem, in the city. In verse 12, uh, after our reading, it talks about the Mount of Olives. Uh, another real place, which is about a day's walk from Jerusalem. I've actually been to Jerusalem twice, and I've been to the Mount of Olives, and it is about a day's walk. 
uh, you can walk between these two very, very real places. Uh, and uh, another real place comes later in the passage. He talks uh, about a field, which is where Judas, who betrayed Jesus, Jesus uh, went and committed suicide. Uh, and uh, the, the, the church and the, the, the community around in those days uh, decided to call the field Akeldama, which means field of blood, because that's where he hung himself and his guts were spilt out in that field. So we're talking uh, about real places and, of course, real police, real people. So uh, verse uh, 11 talks about the men of Galilee who were looking up into the skies as Jesus uh, ascended. Uh, well, we hear the, their names in verse 13, Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew, uh, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judith, the son of James. Uh, and they all get together, and uh, because Judas has committed suicide, they chose, uh, decide to choose Matthias to replace uh, Judas. Uh, twelve disciples, twelve apostles, uh, and one of the things they really want to make sure with the choice of the guy who's going to replace Judas is that he has to be a witness of the resurrection of Jesus. Real people, real witnesses, in real time, in, um, and uh, that's where this whole ascension is, is rooted in amongst these real eyewitnesses of Jesus uh, and what really happened in real time. So uh, I want to say that you can be confident that Jesus really did die, really did rise again, and really did ascend back to heaven again. And um, I, like you, you might find the whole thing rather weird and rather difficult to get your head around. Just the idea that Jesus physically, uh, the man who is God, left this planet uh, and that he's now somewhere as real as ever, physical, uh, because he didn't stop being physical. Jesus exists somewhere, somewhere else. I find that very difficult to get my head around. Uh, and uh, often I actually think in pictures more than in, uh, than in words and logic. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Jesus leaving the planet, uh, that may be how you depict it, certainly how I imagine it in my mind. Uh, and uh, you can see uh, that I've even got your own town uh, of uh, you know, um, uh, Madison there on, on my little map. But there you are, a picture of Jesus, feet in the clouds, uh, zooming away from the planet somewhere. It's ludicrous. It's mad. Uh, and uh, before my father-in-law, he's now actually gone to glory before he was converted you know he said to my wife uh, Tanya he said to, he just thought the whole thing the idea of the ascension was just stupid it was just foolishness and he couldn't get his head around it uh, and um, but it's a miracle it's as much a miracle as Jesus's time coming in and the birth narratives but how else does God come into the world how else does he leave the world and go back to glory other than by miraculous things. Uh, and Luke's aim is that we know that this is fact, not fiction, that Jesus really did come into the world and Jesus really has ascended back to his Father in heaven again. Uh, and uh, this really ought to give us confidence. Jesus really does rule and he really does reign. You might lack confidence. And, uh, you know, e each year I... I 
Uh, I get my family, or I have got my family drawing pictures about what they expect about the year ahead and what they're thankful for about the year in the past. And we share the pictures and the drawings that we've done together. And we talk about perhaps those things that cause us anxiety. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, sometimes I draw us in our, in our, in our minibus, our Volkswagen minibus, heading into the year ahead uh, as uh, a family. Uh, we love road trips. We always have done as a family. Uh, and, uh, you know, what, what's going to be in it in the year ahead? What is going to be in our, in our lives as we head into the future? Well, as we look into the rear view mirror, we can see the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. And the very fact that he's ascended back into heaven again, we just heard it read in the Bible, means that he will one day return. He does rule. He does reign. Uh, and uh, there is nothing in our world which is out of his control. Uh, I mean, this is a false depiction of what really happened. Uh, this is the reality. Jesus is crowned Lord of all. He's ascended back into heaven and nothing in our planet is beyond him. Nothing is out of his loving, kind and gracious will. Uh, and in our families, we face brokenness and uncertainty and failure. We face difficulties at work with our own children, with our health uh, and with our emotional well-being. Uh, and, uh, you know, COVID-19, this pandemic is not in charge. Uh, President Trump whether that makes you good, feel good or feel bad, is not in charge. Boris Johnson here in the UK is not in charge, whether that makes you feel good or bad if you're a, a UK citizen. Jesus is in charge. He rules over all, and uh, that should give us uh, absolute confidence uh, that we can live our lives trusting in him. So that's the first thing. The ascension is about confidence. The second thing it's about is conformity conformity which uh, we might think of that being negative i i'm a little bit of a nonconformist uh, and um, in the interview a moment ago i said that you know uh, sometimes you folks in america certainly anglicans in america uh, love dressing up in all the gear that um, you know, as you can see uh, here in england we we left it in the 15th and 16th century uh, all the dog collar which uh, well it's victorian that was victorian fashion uh, and uh, we've uh, we've uh, uh, given up on those things now. Uh, and um, I, perhaps, yeah, I'm a little bit of a nonconformist uh, and I like being a little bit of a, of a rebel. Uh, and the whole idea of conformity sometimes uh, doesn't go down well with me. Uh, and we like to kick against uh, the man, don't we? Uh, but, uh, you know, we should not try kicking against our Lord Jesus Christ. He does rule. Uh, and his ascension does bring to mind that we need to conform. The ascension focuses us on God's plan. The first followers of Jesus have been on an emotional roller coaster ride, uh, and it was at the extremes. They came to know and love and personally follow Jesus Christ. They set their hopes and their dreams on him. And, but then he was shockingly and brutally, brutally killed and robbed from them. Their hopes, their dreams were all shattered. Fear, despair, grief engulfed them. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they were, they could not have been lower. Right? Those 
Two folks walking down the road to Emmaus after Jesus' brutal death. They're they're just despondent. Their heads are down uh, and they don't even realise that Jesus is walking right next door to them. They have a conversation with him and they don't even know it's him. They they are that low. They are not looking up. But then uh, their hearts begin to burn within them. Uh, And uh, as he tells them about the scriptures and then suddenly Jesus reveals himself in the home when they're around the table together. And suddenly, they, they, you know, they, they run all the way back to Jerusalem again. They could not be more excited. Jesus had risen from the dead. And when they get to Jerusalem, they find that Jesus has appeared to the other disciples too. Uh, they could not have been lower and then they could not have been higher to such incredible joy. Again, you know, the roller coaster ride that they are on. And suddenly he's robbed again from them in a way. He leaves. He goes back to heaven again. And you'd expect them to nosedive into misery, but they don't. They don't. Uh, Luke uh, could have gone straight from here uh, to, uh, to the, uh, from the ascension to Pentecost, but he doesn't. He tells us in Acts chapter 1 about Judas, his death, uh, and about him being replaced by Matthias. And uh, Matthias is never mentioned again in the Bible, so why include his story here? Uh, and um, if the context of the ascension is reality, one of Luke's great aims here is the setting of the ascension is another of his great aims, which is the fulfilment of God's plans. Following the ascension, the disciples keep corping into heaven. Verse 10, two men appear in white. I guess angels say, why are you still looking up in heaven? There's a job to be done. That's what they say. They get to the point. Uh, And uh, Luke's gospel ends with Jesus saying, uh, all that was spoken about me in the Old Testament has to be fulfilled. Uh, And then he goes on and he says, uh, the rest of God's plan must now uh, evolve and must come about. It's verse 8 of our reading. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the to very ends of the earth. That is God's continued plan, his will. Uh, he had the great plan uh, to bring Jesus to die and rise again from the dead. That is Luke's first book, uh, Luke's gospel. Uh, and then in the second book, uh, God's plan continues with the preaching of the name of Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection, the gospel to the rest of the earth, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. That is God's will. And we are called to conform to his will. And the ascension of Jesus back to heaven uh, means that we have a job to be getting on with. Uh, The 12 apostles matching the 12 tribes of Israel in the Old Testament, the beginning of uh, God's New Testament people taking the message in the power of God's spirit to God's world. Uh, And uh, this is a really, really obvious point for me to make. Jesus is still in heaven, all right? He ascended in heaven and he's still there. Physically, he is still absent from his people, from, from you and from me. One day he will return. That's what verse 11 says. One day uh, he will be back and job will be done. God's plan for this world will be complete uh, and it will be finished. And Jesus' ascension focuses us on God's will. Uh, That is to keep pushing out to the fringes, 
to press out with the good news. Uh, to worship him, yes, but not to gawp and wait for him to just be coming back, but to be longing for him to be coming back and to be making sure heaven is populated, that more people are ready to receive him. Uh, and so we must be those who conform to God's great plan. Uh, we've had the spoiler alert. We know uh, that he is going to come. We know that he's ruling and reigning on high uh, right now and that he will return. Uh, and it's, it's really significant here in the book of Acts begins with uh, this profound encouragement that Jesus rules and he does reign. And if we read through the, the rest of the book of Acts, we find people suffering and being persecuted for their faith. The whole reason why the gospel leaves Jerusalem in chapter 8 is because persecution comes. And the great, one of the great persecutors is Saul. Uh, and um, he's there at the stoning of Stephen. Uh, and Stephen preaches this great sermon, which has a very, very negative response. You know, you'd, you'd, you know, he gives a great Bible overview about the gospel of Jesus. Uh, and at the end of it, uh, the, the same people who crucified Jesus rush at Stephen. They take him out of the city and they, they throw stones at him. And Saul is standing by. Uh, and what does uh, Stephen say? We read about it. Uh, he looks into heaven as people are stoning him and he sees, that's what he sees. Jesus ascended to heaven. Uh, before that, we find Peter preaching the gospel uh, on the, the day of, uh, day of Pentecost. And he quotes from Acts chapter 2, which is a great uh, ascension psalm. It is about the crowning of God's king. Uh, the ascension of Jesus keeps people going all the way through the book of Acts. When people oppose them, when people kill them, they know, like Daniel, uh, Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, you know, you may throw us Nebuchadnezzar in the fiery furnace uh, and our God is able to save us. But if not, if even if he doesn't, we will not bow down to your, you know, your pathetic idol. You think it's great, but it's pathetic. It's, uh, it's just an image that you've created. Uh, and so just knowing that Jesus ascended is what keeps his people going throughout uh, the book of Acts as the gospel goes on uh, to, the, uh, to the ends of the earth. So confidence uh, and uh, then conformity, conformity to God and God's plan. Uh, and lastly, courage. Jesus' uh, ascension uh, back into glory is what gives us courage to keep on going with what we've uh, got to be doing while we are left here waiting for him to come back. Uh, the Ascension, it is one of those really crucial moments uh, in uh, sort of crucial elements in uh, God's plan for the world. It, it's uh, actually, as I've just been saying, what uh, enables the gospel to be absolutely unstoppable uh, as God's people have the courage to uh, to keep spreading it. Where is Jesus now? Well, the obvious question, but it's worth every moment of us remembering, as Peter did, uh, that Jesus has exalted, uh, been exalted to the very, very highest place. His coronation has happened. Uh, and uh, it's common uh, sometimes in different parts of the world, maybe not in America uh, and not here in the UK, but for uh, human leaders to, as to say to lie in state. And uh, 
people to, to go and uh, pay their respects uh, to, uh, to the person lying in state, the great leader that has died. And um, that is just for a while before the, the burial actually comes. Well, lying in state, Jesus lay in state in a tomb. But on the third day, he rose again and he does not lie in state. You can't go to where his tomb is. He lives in state. His coronation, he really has risen. And it is permanent. It is eternal. He is the king of the universe. Jesus is in his rightful place. Uh, presidents, prime ministers, kings, queens, managing directors, chief executives, your boss at work. They do not rule. Jesus does. Seriously. Get rid of the silly image. This is the real image. He rules and that gives us great courage. It calls for our adoration, our loving devotion to do his will. In our cynical society, this is something that we've lost. We're so suspicious of those in authority over us, for le of leaders, uh, and uh, we can change our leaders. And I know later in the year, you've got a, a big vote there in the, in, in the United States. And so sometimes we think, well, we're in charge because we can kick them out. Uh, and uh, so we don't trust our leaders. We look forward to the moment of kicking them out. Uh, we don't respect them, perhaps in the way that people did in the past. Uh, and, uh, but uh, we must adore this King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Remembering where he is leads to our adoration, to our worship and to our love. And it leads as well to courage. You know, Peter and James and John, uh, Acts chapter 5, they were told to shut up and to stop speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And the people who told them to shut up looked powerful, looked frightening. They were the people who put Jesus to death. A couple of chapters later, these were the same people who, who uh, saw uh, Stephen put to death. Uh, and um, these guys, they basically said the same thing that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego said in their day. You know, seriously, we have Jesus's commission. Uh, we will obey him. He's on his throne. So we have courage. We know he's got our back. We know how the story ends. We've read the book. Jesus wins. So we are not bothered about what you say. We're bothered about what he has said and what he has commanded. So we have great courage to worship him, to adore him, to love him and uh, to serve him. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've gone around in my notes there. I got very excited thinking about Stephen. Uh, he actually should have come much later on in, in, uh, in my sermon. But I hope that the ascension of Jesus today, the memory of it, does actually fill you with confidence. He really did die. He really did rise again. He really does live and rule your life. Whatever you're facing, it's not out of his hands. You can take comfort from him. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can be absolutely confident as you comply with God's plan for your life, ultimately to live with Jesus as your Lord, to serve him and to serve nobody else and to bear witness to him in, uh, in your life. So and that's it. I look forward maybe one day to uh, coming and joining you uh, in Christchurch Madison in person. Uh, I would absolutely love that. Let me pray 
uh, for uh, for you. Let me pray for us all now as um, uh, as I finish. Uh, may uh, the Lord Jesus Christ bless us again today with the knowledge of his great rule and reign. May we remember that he is Jesus Christ, the King, the anointed Lord of all. Uh, may his spirit give us his courage. May his spirit fill us with confidence. May his spirit give us the comfort that we need to live our lives worshipping him and praising him and spreading his good news. And we pray this in his great name. Amen. Amen.